0: We're gonna. We are back on the schedule. We're doing this shit.
1: All this is supposedly. Hold on. Speak one more time. Ah, we're here. We're fucking okay, doing this. Good. We're not. We are live. No, we're not. But you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I'm just like. I just wanted to make sure of that because uh, when we left last time on episode uh, 22, uh, half the episode the audio wasn't there and I could not save that's why we went all the way back from 2023 or, or 23 that didn't happen because uh, Minus wasn't available and then 22 I just could not salvage no matter what I tried so but- I wanted to make sure the first thing we did was audio 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 because yes, the, yes, the, the, yes. the sad but funny thing is um, so technically speaking all the episodes that were explaining why the break happened uh, they couldn't be saved so we just kind of disappeared for two months
0: Why it must be Ragnarok because we have returned. Hello and welcome everyone to the BG Weekly Roundup, your number one unranked weekly video game podcast. Every Tuesday at 9 30 p.m. ish Central, uh, Central and Thursday at 8 p.m. ish Central Time, we come to you live with our collection of the week's biggest gaming news, host topics, and what we've been playing right here at twitch.tv slash CLOSP. That is twitch.tv slash CLOSP. Please remember, if you have Amazon Prime, Yeah, Prime Gaming and one free monthly Twitch sub for any channel. We'd love to be that channel for you, but if not, you know what? That's fine. For once, that is okay, because you can still support us by liking, rating, sharing, and following the podcast on all your favorite podcast services. We're talking Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many more. And I'm being serious. It's getting to a point where you can actually, like, you you can't sort of stick without hitting a tree that drops one of our episodes. All under VG Weekly Roundup. You can also follow us on Twitter and YouTube at VG Weeb Weekly. That is VG Weeb Weekly. Oh god, that feels so fucking good. Oh, P, I got the I got the fucking chills, man. I got the goosebumps. You feeling it? You feeling it?
1: Yeah, I I just I can't believe I was able to get more branding done. I've waited for yeah. years. I've waited for years. I might try branding again.
0: Branding. Um, wait, wait, wait! know the fuck you aren't, sir. <laughs> ah, we'll,
1: we'll see. It's 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 confu- It's a confusing time. We can't rely on Twitter, so I have to go ahead and determine how unified everything's got to go ahead and be. I got to be prepared to fight Elon Musk and win that battle. I got to be prepared to just you know decimate other pot platforms, and I got to we got we got access to more uh podcast sites to put the podcast on. So I got to do that too. I think we've got like an opportunity to launch on like twenty more platforms. So, I got to go ahead and settle those as well. It's, it's, folks, it's, we, we haven't been back in two months. Um, and many of you don't know why, because um, the reason for that was we needed to slow down. I, I needed time to go ahead and catch up on all the episodes, load things up, and make them viewable. It was, as everyone knows, uh, beginning of the year, I talked about it quite a bit. I did have some. Uh, mental health issues I had been addressing. And through that time, while we were steady on terms of going live with the episodes, the actual episode output and promoting this was not there. So we decided to go ahead and take a one-month break to allow me time to go ahead and build that up, get things set up so we would be more reliable. Um, then that didn't Reliability, happen. Reliability, in- that's a... <laughs> that, that, that didn't happen. It turned into um, two months and then two and a half months, technically. So... Uh- and also,
0: uh, the reason that you're hearing us saying about this right now was because the episode that we did talk about it, there was a big whole fucky-wucky with it.
1: Actually, it's it's episodes, Yeah, b- both on this one and on Weaboo, uh, which is the Wednesday show at nine uh thirty the time, uh, here at Twitch.tv slash CLSP. Yeah, that, that episode didn't catch that warning as well. So for everyone who's wondering where we go for the past two and a half months, uh... We explained it, you just didn't hear it, because uh, we fucked up the explanation. Or I I did. Um, And now
0: the prophecy has been foretold of our return, and now, on the eve of Ragnarok, we have made ourselves present.
1: It's the eve of Ragnarok, and more importantly, it's day one of Sonic fucking Frontiers. Well, no Ooh. one cares. No, 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 oh, one cares. She's going to die. No no, 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 no. It's, 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 oh, God. Oh, God. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand something. I am absolutely Sonic Frontiers over God of War, Ragnarok. And you know why? Because I went to therapy. I'm healthy. And bitches love it when you go to therapy. If you are, if you are as well, Sonic Frontiers over God of War, Ragnarok, there's one thing you have to understand. You fuck. You absolutely or that you're fuck. on the bandwagon, and you're just trying to go for the one
0: that's less popular, thus being a hipster, and thus trying to get the uh, the the impressive, oh, a real peak gamer achievement award.
1: No, no, it's absolutely a, 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 like a medium tier game, but oh my lord. Oh my lord. It's just, uh
0: god. You, you want to know uh, the funny bit? What's While up? While we're doing this, I have Sonic music playing in my ears. I'm saying. Have you heard any of the soundtracks from the new game? No, uh, in, all on, in all honesty, if I had to choose Team God of War or Sonic, I was picking God of
1: War, because I actually play uh, the original again, and yeah. I was I, more, I just hyped, wasn't a big, more hyped about it. Yeah, I just wasn't a big fan of the original God of War. I mean, I got it, but it was very much Western action uh, combat game, which I've never really jived that well with. I don't think it was bad. It was, it was, you know, well a well-developed game, perfectly great game. It wasn't my taste. L- listen, you can taste.
0: defend yourself a little later, but we got brass tacks to talk about. Oh, yeah, we should probably say who we are, huh? Yeah, you know what, let me introduce, since I did the opening, hi everyone, you may know me as Ultima JV Death, the deranged voice man himself, at Ultima JV Death on both Twitter and Twitch, but the more important person is the one to my, I, I guess, left, right on Twitter, I don't fucking know, I don't have the stream up, is the person that makes this all possible, the person that got the branding deals, the person that actually got us an actual at this time for Twitter, the green man himself, Celos P, but everyone can also call him P.
1: I do. I did actually. In the two months we've been gone, the green in my hair has gotten so much better. But I just got out of the shower. I I just got a plain white tee on, so that's why no, no camera tonight. But the, the the green is there. The green is good. The green is healthy. The green is king. The green the green looks really good. I'm very proud of it. I can't say anything, but because green is also money.
0: I'm trying. <laughs> it's, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm trying. Um. Oh yeah. But this is the return episode. This is our comeback season. This is episode 22 on Tuesday, November 8th of 2022. Oh, God. It's been two months. Of, quite frankly, we should have some things to talk about. So I got to ask you the question first. Oh, host. What have you been playing?
1: Uh, so at the beginning of the break, I played a great many things. But the biggest thing I did not expect to happen. I did not expect this happen uh, at at all. But it kind of just did. I decided to give a chance to this like little game I saw on um Xbox Game Pass. It was called Dungeon of Nulbeck, The Amulet of Chaos. This game originally launched back on like some years ago. It originally launched for something on like the PS4 and Xbox One. Uh n- no series. So it's, it's last gen. But it is a actual like turn-based tile uh D combat game that is comedy focused. It's based off of a apparently well-known comedic D series, um, uh, based on the characters. Like all the characters in the game, they're literally just named like the elf, the the rogue, the thief, the ogre, the uh the the wizard, the stuff like that. And, you know, very class based. You have many characters, you move them in terms of uh who could he speed up? All the different, like, AOE attacks, singular attacks, things of that nature. And it was honestly just so fucking fun. Like, I did not think... Like, it, I was just checking it out. I was just like, you know, whatever. I, I want to play a game for a little bit. I want to relax. And that turned into, uh like, 80 hours, I think? 80 hours of gameplay? Um, Just because I, I couldn't put it down. I couldn't get enough of it. And it's so engaging to the point of, like... I was like, okay, I'm just going to play because it's it, it still got I think until like just this past summer was finally the last piece of DLC expansion. That was like the biggest on there. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get to the end of the base game. And when I see the clear cut for the DLC, I'm going to go ahead and just cut it off there. We'll see what happens next. Um, I did not stop there. Not because I, you know, didn't watch it. But the fact that uh the way the game ends, I was very much in a matter of like, oh, Oh, I'm in the DLC now because it doesn't even say it It just like seamlessly keeps going and adding in there and just making you care. Right. The way that the the base game ends, it is a way of like, oh, no, why would you not keep going? And I I can't say enough. The the choices in the game are really fun and cool. It never takes itself too seriously. It is a legitimate comedy game. It is very much uh for real, like D&D inspired rules and skills and everything of that nature the way that the items can be managed, the way the map works, all of it. It's just, it's so, so very good. There is one slight problem uh, I need to address, because considering one of the stories we're going to be covering today, it would be very uh, tone-deaf to not address this. I-, I love this game. I really do. i plan to go back to it at some point. Um after about 60 or so hours in there, I realized something very important. What? Yes, it is a French developer, but uh, I don't believe that's really an excuse for them to have forgotten the fact that uh, black people exist or any minorities because they're not in here at all. I'm not gonna make the joke. It's way too easy. I cannot make the joke. <laughs> like I, I just—it was just a weird thing. To notice, like, oh, where well, there's a brown individual at one point near the end of the game. like, oh, uh, oh yeah, there's um, there's that most people with tans in this game. And that one person that I came across. Otherwise, yeah, there just, just aren't minorities in this game. Period. It was a bit blaring once you realized. It was like, ooh. Ooh. Ah. Uh. So, yeah. Be be aware that as a criticism, we must keep saying and putting out there. Uh, uh, damn. Like, I I just... I don't know. It's a weird place to be these days where people just don't recognize, hey, they exist? Minorities exist? Like, show them? I- Couldn't be me. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, again, really fun game, really classic, outside the whole fact that they, you know, forgot that brown and black people exist. Mileage I'm, I'm may vary. I'm not going to make the joke cannot make the joke. Yeah, no. Like so that was a whole that was a whole thing. Um I will say this to its benefit though. I didn't realize I bought a during the break I bought a lot of games on off of Game Pass because they were some of the games I really wanted were uh disappearing. So as we all know during the time Persona 5 Royal came out on yes. PC. Yeah. And I haven't started yet because the fact that you know I got to like 60 plus hours in the Royal gameplay I was doing on PS4 and then I thought about the PC versus the oh 60 frames, mods, all that. That'd be really cool because I I waited on there. Um I did not realize this until uh Dungeon Noback. So I originally I was playing the game on my Xbox Series X. And it didn't run that great because it is still the Xbox One version of it. Um hands gone. And then at one point I was like, well, okay, I'm gonna uninstall it. And out of curiosity I went ahead and started up. I downloaded my PC and, op- and opened it. Up. It's like oh, I just want to see how it looks, you know. I don't want to start a whole new game or right now to see how it works. Um. So, go on. A smart delivery. Hmm. Is not just about. That's a reminder. It's not just about you know. Oh, you buy the game one place, it's everywhere. Um. Your saves transfer. Hmm. So I could have been playing the game all this time at peak performance and ultra wide on my PC. Yes, you could have. And you know what? I really no hope X—I really hope Xbox does break more into the Japanese market because you know what's stopping me from going into Royal right now? I don't want to make redo the whole sixty hours right now. But but had Sony had the forethought to just make things fucking work. I wouldn't be fixing problems because you know what would happen had Royal launched day and date on the Series X for Xbox and then later made it to PC. Guess what? Guess what? No excuses. You've would been playing this. It would have just fucking worked. Games need to just fucking work. No excuses. Games should just work everywhere seamlessly. Carry the saves over. What the fuck are we doing here? Well, it's different encryptions
0: between uh, Sony and Xbox. Which is why it's, it's... Uh, certain
1: games can't work with cross-progression. They they both have cloud saves. It's just cloud saves. Mm. Uh... So, yeah, that was me. Well... I I had
0: to stop I I had to start making this com- this other comment but uh watching that trailer was like man this is really just upgraded divinity <laughs> 2 just, just... just
1: upgraded
0: smooth meme divinity 2 I can see that yeah yeah honestly it is literally the same uh play style just a lot more memes I'm I'm, I'm assuming lack of a character creation
1: yeah and... no they're they're all like fully voiced uh I'll give it that it, it's fully voiced it's it's fully voiced there's not actually a lot of Production in there, I'm very much surprised. Like, it's a, a cool little game. If you get a chance, please look it up. I might, I might. Uh, but this the, these past two
0: months have been a roller coaster, and I don't have the time to go through every single little game in minute detail. So I'm just going to say this. We, I'm fortunate that we had the two month break because every year in the past three years I've been streaming, I've been doing a thing called Spooky Season to where I started off on September and then we ended off uh, November 2nd, a.k.a. Dia de los Muertos. And so, for the whole two months, I've been playing horror games, or at least games with a very spooky um, spooky atmosphere. And it all started with a little game called Little Nightmares. 47 deaths in one stream, Silosp. 47 in a single stream, which we did beat Little Nightmares, by the way. In one go, I mentioned I 47 times and beat the game. And you know what? Someone threw down the gauntlet. If I have ever made it back to that moment, I would have to snort G Fuel. Not just in Little Nightmares, in any game. So, I, as an idiot, as most idiots do, say, you know what? Bet. I'll take that challenge because I could never get to it. And for a while, I had them going. We played through Bendy and the Ink Machine. We played through a little game called Martha is Dead, which I highly would not recommend. Uh, we played through uh on other people's uh streams, I played um a game called pa- Pacify. I played through Phasmophobia. Um, I played through um Sorry, I have to look at my own little list right here. Uh, fucking. I played through uh, the Typing of the Dead for like a minute, <laughs> and then I played a, a a nice little arcade game called House of the Dead Remake, which was really fucking fun. And then we got to the Resident Evil showcase, and that just made me go, you know what? I'm just gonna play some Resident Evil until the DLC drops. So I did it. I spad ran through Resident Evil 2 on Leon's story. Played through Claire's story. Um, completely skipped through Resident Evil 3 because we were getting close to uh the the the, the destined day. So uh, from that point, I played through Resident Evil Revelations one and two because I've never played those games. By the way, if you've never played Revelations one and two, get off your ass, get on PC, go on Steam, and get those games. They're really fucking good. Yeah. They're not mainline, but they're really fucking good. And they're multiplayer. Someone put that they're multiplayer. And there, I believe the, uh they but came out either uh, Revelations one, I believe, came out right before six or right after six. One of those two, and two came out. Uh, way before 7. Right before they went to the first person mode. And honestly, those two game stories... ah, God, it's just... just ah, chef's kiss. Double chef's kiss for those two games. Really fucking good. And the story is just... Uh-huh. And then we played through 7. We played through 7 uh, for a day right before the Village DLC. Which um I will get to in a moment. I'm going to save that, especially for last because I feel like I need to give that one a little deep dive. And then afterward... We played through uh Little Nightmares 2 because it was another day it, it we were in the last three days of playing and I said, you know what, I might as well get Little Nightmares 2. Forty eight deaths <laughs> Why do I do things to myself, Pete? Why do I why do I accept challenges?
1: Because the stream
0: Because <laughs> the stream after Little Nightmares 2. By the way, uh Little Nightmares 1 and 2, both wonderful wonderful games. 2 is basically a prequel to Little Nightmares 1. Um very very fun game and I had very fun playing both games. It was it was very poetic playing 1 at the very beginning and playing 2 at the very end. It was I didn't plan for that. I'm glad I, it just happened. But uh, we beat it in one stream yet again, and so right after, I decided to play one of my favorite DLCs, the Joe Baker DLC, End of Zoe in Resident Evil 7, where I had to snout some hive nectar, and that was basically a Spooky Season. I got some more horror games for next year. I got a few that I do want to play outside of Spooky Season, but uh, yeah, the biggest capstone, which is probably where i have to ask you to get the video trailer, because I'm going to talk about this. What?
1: Uh, Shadows of Rose. Yeah, okay, I did have that one up. Yep. Make, making me doubt myself. Okay. I had that up and then you told me to close it, so I closed it. God damn, let me get it back up.
0: Oh sorry, like I'm looking at the uh, No, I said okay, so I, I looked I was looking at the stream, and I thought, get it out right now. <laughs> Cause I am watching the stream right now. Uh but um Rose. Yeah. I was saving this for last because I didn't want to just skip over uh Lone Nightmares 2 and as well as Jobic DLC. This DLC Really, really, really good. Taking place just before the actual end, that the ending cutscene of Resident Evil Village. This was very anticipated. Not only because we get to play as Lady Dimitrisk for fucking uh mercenaries, but because we have an official third person mod uh first third person mode that wasn't a mod, and we get to play um as Rose Winters and her going back to through everything. The story, somehow more convoluted than Seven's story. But it does a real nice job integrating Rose into the story. Um, and I would not be lying if I didn't say that it actually scared me at one point. Um, this, is, this is a short DLC. I beat it, I believe, in like three hours. No, 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 no. Uh, I beat it in about four hours because I did split it between two days. Um, just because I was exploring everything. You get to go back through Castle Dimitrisk as you see in this trailer. But also, the more scarier bit, they bring you back to the House the house uh, Beneviento and God fucking damn it, I was waiting for the baby to come and try to stalk me. No, no, it's worse. I don't know how they did it, but they made a more scarier atmosphere than the giant fucking vagina neck baby. You get dolls following you around, uh, like you remember that hu that, that that human doll of Mia that you have to like uh like cut open to get like part of a door.
1: No. Have you not played Village, or do you not remember? I not play Village. Oh, okay. Remember, I was waiting um, for the, I was waiting for third person mode, so I, I haven't played it
0: yet. Ah, uh, well, you can now. And fun fact about third person mode: even in third person, they will not ha- show you Ethan's face. Yep. Ever. Mm -hmm. not there were points in the cutscenes in the in the dlc where i thought oh maybe we'll see ethan's face no these motherfuckers took a page out of anime censorship in like the early 2000s and were crafty motherfuckers in trying to censor ethan's face the these lovely bastards
1: just just so we're clear folks they took time to do that um this game launched with a statue of the motherfucker. His face is out there. like, like the canonically, not, they've shown his face. They have not.
0: Yeah, they the made a statue. in the statue? Mm-hmm. Wait, like, like they make an actual, like, figurine? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's one of the special editions. I didn't know that. Because mm-hmm. I never buy a special edition except now with Resident Evil 4.
1: Yeah, yeah, like they 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 straight up like had his face on there, and it was the like most boring looking statue in the ever because he's just a white guy.
0: Yeah, but he's just he's some guy, which yeah. uh, honestly makes it makes playing as him more appealing and seeing all the shit he does. I like Ethan. Ethan has somehow grown to be my favorite Resident Evil male character, even more than Chris Redfield, which is something because I love Chris Redfield to death. I love that boulder punching motherfucker.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that is at Ultimate JvDef, not closed by at. Which I'm not going to say again. Just, just, just remember that. Don't, don't, worry about my at. My at doesn't exist right now. Go on. That's at Silosvi the
0: Third underscore Three Eyes. Uh, yeah, no. Um, Ethan Winters has grown to be one of my favorite Resident Evil characters, both male and female. Um, if we're if we're adding both female, it, they just come short of Jill. Because I really do like Jill, Jill's character a lot. But uh, I'm gonna say I mean, you, we, about, we about to we about to start swinging here. Go on. I can, I'm entitled to my opinions. Come on. So are you. Come on. Come on. Jill, don't, don't be hating. But, 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 but Jill. Yeah, I know. But Jill. But like also Ethan. Ethan earns the title best dad ever. He earns the title best dad. His only downside is um staying with Mia because fuck Mia Winters in every fiber of my being. And if you have never seen my stream, good, good. Cause I complain so much about Mia being a shit character while playing resident evil seven. There is not a moment where I'm not shitting on Mia and now I'm, I'm, I'm stepping backwards. Let me fucking, let me, let me move off from this situation. Um, village of shadows. If you ever have the chance to get it, please get it. It's so great. And if you don't, if you don't want to get it for the DLC, get it for third person. Cause, uh, resident evil village in third person is actually viable. It's really good. Um, you, you, especially if you play it on console and you can't mod it because PC has had third person for a while now <laughs> thank you modding community anyway that's all uh, That's all I have to say that's, that, that's all the dick writing I got for Resident Evil Village until Resident Evil 4 comes out oh also uh, Reverse finally came out so
1: yay no 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 I heard a lot of begging and complaining for this game tell me your thoughts Oh, you, you want me to go? Okay,
0: fuck it. More dick riding. So, reverse. I am actually very pleased with it. I am very pleased with okay, it. Okay, that's quite enough for this episode. No, 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 um... no, 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 no. You wanted me to say it. No, <laughs> no, nope, nope, fuck you. No backpedaling now, motherfucker. I was going to spare you until you told me to say it. Now I got to say my piece. It is a decent game. It is not a great game. It is decent. It is literally just a six-player free-for-all And whenever you die, you turn into a creature. There is a lot of room for improvement. Don't get me wrong. There is a lot of room for improvement. And after a year, there is no excuse that there should have been improvements. But base game, what we got right now, it is decent. I have some issues. But in all honesty, it could get better in time. I haven't picked it up because Village came out the same day as Modern Warfare. So I was playing more Modern Warfare than Reverse. because uh, I like the first person shooters a lot more than third person shooters. But as a game all in all, having played the beta twice, the original beta and the beta for uh Village of Shadows, Reverse is a decent game. I wouldn't it's also a free game, so there's no real like bitching and complaining about spending wasting money in it, because if you spent money, you spend it on village. You spent it just getting village. You just got it for free. Um, there is a battle pass system. There is uh, like three or four maps currently. And I do want to see it grow. But for now, it's decent. I'd give it like a six, a soft six if we're doing number ratings, which I don't think we should ever do number ratings on this show. That no, would make no, us very that's... pretentious. No, ever. Not even once. I hate doing that. <laughs> yeah, well, I did it for you. Uh all right, then. All right. Now, now that we're, we're done talking about what we did for two months, and that was just a fraction of what we did for two months, let's get to, through some stories that happened within the last three
1: weeks alone. Three yeah. stories. How about that? Let's, uh... No, that was a hell of a time to take a break. Um. So, yeah. Verse, for, verse, first Yeah, the moment we're I'm... gone.
0: Yeah. The moment we're gone... Five or six big mainline stories happened to just pop out of the woodworks. And we had zero t- chance to actually like, go over them because more another one just kept coming right after the other, then right after the other, then right after the other.
1: So we just so, picked, like, three of the ones that we want to talk about. Yeah, so first one up here. This is coming from uh, Molly Taylor at of Gamer. G4TV's short-lived revival... Is disappearing after 11 months. Not everyone is silence for G4 again. Mm -hmm. Again, (laughs) all right, that's (laughs) enough of that. (laughs) Any, um, not everything benefits from a reboot or revival, and unfortunately, the 2000s gaming gem G4 TV is one of them. Following key layoffs, the channel was shutting down a mere year after its launch, its relaunch. As reported by Deadline, why did I think I said that wrong? Anyway, as reported by Deadline, staff were informed of the shutdown via an email from Comcast Spectator CEO, David Scott. As you know, G4 was reintroduced last year to tap into the popularity of gaming, he wrote. We invested to create the new G4 as an online and TV destination for fans and to be entertained, be inspired, and connect with gaming content. Scott blamed low viewership and a lack of sustainable funds for the reason behind its failed second chance. This is certainly not what we hoped for, and as a result, we have made the very difficult decision to discontinue GeForce operations effective immediately. Scott continued, "I know it's disappointing news, and I'm disappointed too." The sudden announcement is said to have affected a few dozen employees, some of whom weren't even aware the network's closure until tweets began circulating. The completion, Gerald uh, Khalil. A reply to War of 64's announcement tweet saying, hey, this tweet is how I found out I lost my job. How neat. According to the Washington Post, journalist Nathan Grayson opened in, oh, I don't know why that's there. Um, Yeah, Nathan Grayson. That's weird. What is it? Anyway, other employees found themselves abruptly locked out of their Slack and Google Drive accounts with little explanation following Scott's email. Grayson added that allegedly some major content creators featured on the channel were charging day rates of around 25000 to $30,000, a pretty wild amount. R-R-R-I-P. R-I-P. This, this came is- at the same time. We don't have the same uh, notion of it. This came at the same time that Fight and Byte Media also got shut down. Which was an up-and-coming video game website, journalist website, uh, really good content on there, really great people behind that, and so within the course of the same weekend, both of these groups went down out of nowhere. It's just sad to fucking see. It really yeah.
0: is. Um, and if you if you and if you call yourself a, a pro gamer, <laughs> yeah, then uh, you would have definitely have, uh, have seen or heard of G Four. Um, whether it be in the recent eleven-month span or back in the day, back in the early to mid two thousands, where it really hit its stride, um, G four has been around for a very long well time. To- uh, 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 for a while, I shouldn't say G four Tech
1: time. TV. Like G four is wide as podcast exists. Yeah, like that. That's uh, my introduction to like podcasting and video game shows and what they could be. Was watching Adam Sessler back on extended fucking play on Tech TV. And being just more like out there anime when it was like anime uh, unleashed or something like that. And just some of the weird shit happened. They, they were like early on like crazy podcast shows. But on network TV at a time when network TV was still a thing. So it really did have respect. It had a name behind it. Um, and th- the sad thing about it is for me. Before they launched, I actually was watching them quite a bit before they officially launched a giant fucking studio with larger-tier people, when it was kind of just a few groups you know, on there um, or a few people on there doing, like, you know, like X-Play and certain stuff like that, that was really cool because it fit into the era that we're in right now of content creation, smaller groups, curated, in identity. We
0: I also had the original Japanese Ninja Warrior, which is how I got into G4. This is true. Um,
1: I think... And I say this with that much respect to everyone who's working at g four This is not a comment on their work ethic their the the quality of their content they were on there for the vast majority of it. The big thing like when they said when they finally announced that because they held on to it for a while when they finally announced that g 4s launch was also was one funded by Comcast, the cable network and was also relying on becoming a cable network again, it was pretty much set on arrival at that point in my opinion um They haven't had full discussions yet. I'm sure we will in the coming months when it does happen of how, I think it was Adam Sessler who was tweeting about it recently saying that this time around, it wasn't that this attempt was worse. It was just stupider. And I see that because one of the biggest things that this version of G4, I believe had a problem with after it launched was identity. It still wanted to be that television show back in the day where it was like, Oh, Let's just try and capture everyone in here. And that's not the era that we're in anymore. Now it's a matter of content creation, content control, content management, and uh, identity. The biggest reason we went ahead and also took that break for the last two months with the fact that uh, I could not manage the full like curation of the content we're putting out. And helping us to better establish identity of like what our content is, what's gonna go ahead and be. Because that is gonna be what goes ahead and sells. The fact that they were spending twenty-five thousand, the fact that you're spending all that for like daily rates of certain hosts, don't get me wrong, if you can get that, of course, absolutely pay people what they're worth, get their get your bag, all that nature. But it just seemed like so much unnecessary spending and such a wide net of content on there that it just didn't make sense of what what are you trying to be right now? Like you can't be like the age of MTV is long since over. Like that's just not what this um the zeitgeist of like this kind of situation is. Because yeah, they say like oh it was gaming content like, but was it really? Like they had X Play, they had a lot of esports work on there. That kind of from my. Review on there like after they officially launched the the e- esports content would kind of never get the pop that it's I felt they were aiming for in my opinion Um and they never really gave it like legs and the fact that they wanted the a bigger thing about it is is from what I was reading is that they wanted the people behind it the the networks the, that cable network which of course they wanted this to go ahead and be immediate return on investment which is simply put, not how this works anymore. This kind of situation of making uh, talk shows, making podcasts, making commentary uh, content on the industry of games, and just anything in, in general, is you're working at loss until you break even for a number of years, but you just have enough to maintain, you know, salaries, uh, control, and kind of keep going. The idea of, profit is such a not if you're if you're getting into this game hoping to like make profits like early on i don't know what to tell you like just keeping things running is hard enough like i can tell you so many times of like the in this last two months as well like just even our smart little thing right now of like looking at what we can do what can happen what, what needs to be managed it's such a situation of like. I've said this before. I believe in the things that we're doing on here, but even I know in this small little space of ours, this little piece of the pie that we have, as a matter like, oh, we're growing to a point where it would make so much more sense to have someone else on to be handling all these different like uh, curation and editing jobs outside of the hosts who are on there. So the very idea of that, and then like, but still keeping it small. And then you look at something like this version of G four was like, why the fuck did they have a giant goddamn studio? Why do you have a giant fucking building of multi layers and all these different employees? when it's like, what, what was what was the going on there? I, it really leaves me like just like how it it kind of angers me, not that people had jobs, but the fact that they these people were relying on a the job, they rely on a paycheck, they rely on you know this being a thing like for how they keep a roof over their head and food in their stomachs and for some of them having kids and everything and it's such a thing of like what was the thought process on this? Because it's kind of like I, I can only imagine like what Adam Suster was uh, tweeting on there like you know um, it was his dumber was like yeah like it just it's such a weird thing of why did they want to do it this way? This they never like so many people I think of trolls and shit like that when there was the the apex moment of uh, Frost calling out the sexist comments that were going on there. And so many people were like, Yeah, no, she told us not to watch. We stopped watching. Blah, 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 blah. Like, uh, go fucking, I don't know, secretly buy into the penis and Roger Pills, little piece of shit. But that's the thing about it is, like, that was, that moment was something that the entirety of this network failed to do this time. It was identity. That's something you lean into so you can I, make everyone aware of who you are, of what your brand is, what your product is, of what your team is. But you had that, and then you had a few licks later on one of their shows they had that was like these dudes, I guess, doing this weird, like, 80s, uh, 70s, like, what, I don't know, player, like, the the whole, like, uh, what is it? Uh, tacky, shiny shirts and like suspenders and stuff like that. And they had, like, oh, here's I, I'm like, Amaranth. a bit of buck.
0: I don't know because I did not even see anything about yeah. this new G4. Yeah, the only thing I knew about the G4 was that Xavier Woods was doing a show, and that's yeah. because I am a huge wrestling fan. <laughs> yeah, that, and
1: that's it. I and that's part of it. Like, even then, like, I knew that, but like, I never knew what the content was because it was like, okay like actually would be cool maybe on there and then they would like have this weird like yeah they were kind of like like just the, you know like the shitty stupid tacky like porn star uh type of tire, like a uh, um mockumentary type of shit and then they have like amaranth in their um doing the whole like uh what is it uh swimming pools and or whatever the fuck thing that was like yeah the hot tub swing uh, streams and it's like again i'll say it you know like hey Get your money, get your bag. If someone wants to pay you for it, then I'm not going to hit on you doing that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so who are you trying to be right now? Like, again, that's such a big thing about it. It's like identity, identity, identity. Like you have to let everyone know what they're investing in because that's what you're relying on at this point to make this content work is you're making people reliant on, I know what I'm getting here. I want to keep getting this. So I'm going to support this in this way. And that for me was a, such a big thing of what they just never achieved. Cause I know Xavier words had shows on there and I thought it'd be interesting, but the most I knew about it was like the rebirth of arena, which was like competitive gaming type scenarios, but it was always involving like, I guess WWE stars that I don't really follow. So like, uh, I, it, it, it was because he was uh, bringing people, uh,
0: from his own YouTube channel, up, up, down, down, as well as like his tag team partners, like big E and, yeah. uh, Kofi Kingston. Um, because they're, they're a brotherhood and they love having fun, yeah. Um, and also, to bring in that star power. Because if you got that, if you got people, notable people that people love, like the New Day, aka Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and Big E, that could probably get eyes on your product. But aside from that, it it, it was basically up, up, down,
1: down on G four. Yeah. Um, and, but here's the thing about it: like with all that money on there, I still had less idea, idea of what the identity for that that show was. With all that, then when Xavier Woods was just running his YouTube channel by his goddamn self, yeah, like that is G four
0: from just listening because I don't really have an input to this. Is G four was coming back and was trying to get the star power from just being G four instead of putting something else up front. They were yeah. trying to get the eyes of people that they were trying to come by come back with nostalgia. But with not that much substance or at least a confused sense of substance in what they have. Exactly.
1: Like I think it was in the, within the first week, it was like, okay, they're trying to be like that what they always went ahead and prone at was like, oh, being very pro gamer, very, you know, with the times of like what's going on here. They had their their initial line of a host that were younger people, or I should say not younger, but um a newer generation of hosts on there. For the most part, I don't think they were cool. Uh, Olivia May, Frost, uh Jared, uh Golden Boy, um, all of them like I thought they were really cool people. Um, but then you had stuff like, oh, within like the first week or so, they had, oh, Attack of the Show is back and Kevin Pereira is back. It was like Kevin Pereira, who tried to bring Attack of the Show back a few like years ago, and then got found out, oh hey, yeah, yeah, he um does has very poor leadership skills and uh, like legitimately let someone get tortured live on Twitch with a shock caller that was intentional and mean spirited but didn't do anything about it. And I was like, how how the fuck is that person so there? Like, what the fuck? And in that same week, that individual being there, and then popping off on being pro-NFT in the narrative space of games that were so anti-NFT. Like, wh- where, again, it just boggles my mind. Also, honestly, upsets me of like, they just, ne- the people behind it, which, is, you know, admittedly, cable network, who do not succeed by identity they succeed by mass product to get as many eyes as they can but that age is gone that age is long since gone and it's like god like the the, the moment that happened and this, the big thing like when that happened that was the first week i was like oh well that's enough for me to be done on g4 they had their chance i really don't like how hard it came on i'm not gonna watch stuff anymore i'm not gonna pay attention anymore so that was it like when the, the first week I, of it launching I, I was done not because i thought it was that serious because of the fact that i have so many options. For this same thing, but with better identity and clearer message elsewhere, it is that simple. It is that quick of I'm I, out. Bye. I think we should probably
0: like start wrapping it up because at this point we're yeah. kind of just talking in circles about G4. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just, just, just all I can say is RPG4 if yeah. you ever come back again, which I feel like you're going to come back again at some point uh, take notes. Don't do what you did and don't try to do what you did Uh Almost 15 years
1: ago. Like, yeah, networks are dead. They're not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Like again, yeah, uh, I I will, the creators ask, behind there. So the creators behind there. I, I respect I your work. I don't. I don't want to hate on any of that. You, you did good work, and I wish the best to everyone who lost their jobs on there. Absolutely. It was just, let me it was let me dwell scene. on this
0: for a moment. Uh, just don't do what anybody else on YouTube can do. Cause that's basically what G four spawned, and doing what you did to spawn what YouTubers are doing right now is not going to help. You got to reinvent the wheel again.
1: Just that's scale it. down like shit. Like so many successful YouTubers that I follow, like people who are on camera, they still do the behind the scenes editing work and you know? all. Like just, just you got to understand what your product is. Like you got to understand scale. Uh
0: speaking of understanding, let's talk about this next one because this one has uh took a turn. Yeah. Um, I should probably I should probably ask this, but is this like the most updated version of the story? It's about as
1: updated as I could find to encompass everything to a certain point. Everything else to get like the full full story would have been like a four pages long essay. So yeah. we, it's just, right. like this is like the best condensed version that I found. All
0: right. So as we say at the beginning of every episode, and if, to, and if you're new here, hi, hello, greetings, and salutations. I am the deranged voice man himself. I am Ultimate JV Death. And this one is about the thing that has been sweeping the nation lately about uh, Helena Taylor, a.k.a. the original voice of Bayonetta. This is from uh, Paul Tassi over at Forbes. And this is uh, Bayonetta's voice actress admits she was not offered only 4K for the new game. Uh, so the dem has broken on the already messy Bayonetta 3 story, in which the game's original voice actress Helena Taylor claimed she was offered only 4K to reprise the role for the game. She said she declined, and ultimately the role went to a new actress, Jennifer Hale, which I believe is killing it as the new Bayonetta. Uh, from what I've seen, I have to, I, I'm, I'm still devices. I'm getting the game or not because huh? Switch titles, 60 bucks. Mm, uh, that sounded chuckly low to everyone who heard it, and most of the industry, fans and fellow performers alike rally to Taylor's side however now Taylor admits that she was not offered just quote just 4k rather she was offered at first 10000 dollars then when she balked another 5k later after she declined she was la- she was offered uh, a a cameo role for 4000 that is where the um the original like weird twisting of the words came from Elena Taylor. But let me continue before we get onto that. Uh, This confirms reporting from, um, from uh, Jason Schreier that Taylor was not being forthright about the actual offer that she was made the entire time. She admitted the fact that she had been offered 15 K for the part, which again may still be too low, but that debate has been clouded by the fact that she was not presenting all the facts at hand. Uh, And if Schreier's report was correct on that part, it was also likely correct about her counter-offer, which was for six figures plus uh, games residuals on the, in the industry when uh, voice actors were never really get residuals. Um, not to mention six figures would be nearly seven times what she was originally offered at minimum. Taylor, in a new series of tweets revealing these new numbers, maintains that her original offer was still too low for a four, uh, $450 million franchise. But Bayonetta is not nearly that big of a franchise. And the best guess is that Taylor incorrectly read sales numbers on VG charts, uh, which multiplied everything time, uh, wait, multiplied everything time, $60. And that's how she came up with the $450 million. Uh, a better estimate of the game would be closer to $185 million, not factoring discounted sales. Again, it's definitely possible that 15K can be considered too low for the work and the skill of the role. Voice actors are indeed often notoriously underpaid and underappreciated in the gaming industry. But in the specific case of Taylor here, by omitting the original information and uh, presenting a figure that was closer to 25% of what she was actually offered, she undermined herself completely, and it's hard to take her at word about any of this from here on. Taylor is still calling for a boycott at Bayonetta 3, offering a list of charities to donate to rather than support, quote, greedy Platinum Games. But she's finding a little support online now that the, scoop, that the scope of the facts have been revealed. I'd actually be somewhat... Them talking, not me actually, but I'd actually be somewhat concerned about Platinum uh, taking action against her for attempting to directly harm sales of the new game by misrepresenting the facts, which created a giant online firestorm. But we'll see what happens from here. As a... Uh, as a would-be voice actor who has been part of a game, who has uh, been part of smaller projects, um, the the biggest lesson here is know your self worth, but also the fact that um, the, the, the part of this is correct that a lot of uh, voice actors are notoriously underpaid and underappreciated, especially since a lot of us are basically um, private contractors. If I had to if I had to make a comparison to anything, um, when it comes to this whole s- s- situation, it wouldn't be as bad if she just came out with the original um. With her original uh, offer, because again, fifteen k is low uh, in the grand scope, of, in the grand uh, grand scheme of things. Sorry, I'm I, I'm actually tongue tied because this actually infuriates me. Because um, here we have someone who we all looked up to. A lot of people love Bayonetta as a character, uh, especially the voice behind Bayonetta. But when uh, we're also given misinformation as well as um, just a whole shitstorm of I've been treated unfairly, as well as uh, going after Hideki uh, Kamiya, who, granted, wasn't treating this in the, the most professional of light and even privated his account on Twitter. That was hilarious. Uh, the whole situation was kind of just a shitstorm that started from something that could have been rectified had all the facts came out. Um, would people still rally to her? Having, having known these facts, probably, but the fact is that she kind of was being a little deceitful, and this whole situation just became a whole big fucking mess. Um But, yeah, no, uh this whole situation, I don't know what's in store for her anymore. I don't know whether she's going to be uh continuing any sort of voice roles when it comes to video games, but th- this whole situation kind of went out of hand. Um, P, can I get your thoughts before I just continue fucking talking a tirade?
1: Uh... I think my biggest thing about here is the fact that I don't even want to like focus on being upset with the individual or backing either one side or the other. Really, it's more a matter of like it's it's like they're saying voice actors are underappreciated, underpaid, and need to be taken more seriously. This is such a what what angers me, concerns me. Is the fact that this is such a slap in the face, not necessarily. And the work that voice actors are doing to go and get paid better in the industry itself and taking the the art craft seriously. But the fact that it's a slap in the face of the movement of so much work that's been done by so many individuals to push the unionizing of the games industry. And proper pay rates on there. And voice acting itself, especially, as someone who does podcasts for both video games and anime and how much more people are trying to push to get voice actors across the board into a union, into go ahead and pushing things on there to making things better for everyone, along with video games themselves. And the idea of... It's not even a matter of like, oh, things are messy, uh, he said, she said. That's one thing. It's another thing to go ahead and make accusations at someone who is He's a both- very, very... Uh, active and at times face proponent pro union such as jennifer hill and how much discrediting that puts on the movement itself like i don't think people realize you know like again the reason why i'm not worried about being angry or upset about this in terms of, like any individual is the fact of like that is such a big deal that is a big deal like i i do not believe that taylor is union I believe that she is independent. That's why she's having to do on there. Like some could say from my point of view, this is a very uh good thing for being like pro union of oh, she wouldn't have had to do all these arguing people because she would have had a union to help her with it. Yeah, definitely. But the fact that there was like just the the slap on the face of like, yeah, how does per- how dare this person take on this role? They don't deserve the role, they do not do anything for the roles, like that you don't you don't do that. Like we have to and we're going to keep pushing for being prone. We're going to keep pushing for standardized pay. We're going to keep pushing for better benefits, better, you know, just overall better environment. Then we also have to take it into factor the fact of like, don't just like decimate and discredit the movement and the but, individuals behind that movement. That is such let me a big thing. just jump in and
0: say that uh, it, is, it is very unprofessional to one, bury someone else's uh, role when you yourself, declined said role because of not getting paid the way you wanted to get paid again i get it 15k is a bit low for a franchise that is hitting the millions but you have no room to talk about how someone will never be the voice of bayonetta using words that she said in her videos in her fucking blown up videos god damn that's like a 12 million right now um she has no room to say that especially when she, again, turned down said role after she felt like she, she were not pulling, uh, giving her her worth, as well as going on a huge fucking tirade about the whole situation when she herself, again, was not being dishonest and was going off, um, off of uh, false numbers that she herself was coming up with.
1: I, I just... Again, not, I, not even to care about the he said she's... Just the simple fact we're not, of We're how not taking sides. The, ...how the situation was handled. Of like, that is just my, my biggest thing. I'm like, well, I was I was waiting for Is like, okay, when this happens, it is a very common thing to see within the online community, voice actors react and support an individual making these claims because they want to go ahead and, you know, be supportive of each other. It's a common thing you'll see all the time when it comes to pay disputes. The biggest Which thing was that was happening a, at first, well, What was happening. Here's the thing about that. It was happening. In my of uh, my point of view, with younger individuals in that community who were not the established voices of actually being in unions, it was very much a, a quick of oh yeah, always be pro works, but yeah yeah of course you want it was a quick better. rally to a video yeah. that didn't have all the information. But it was primarily it wasn't any veterans that I saw. There were like no veterans backing us, and that was the first thing to me of like, why aren't people well established within this community? Who have been fighting for? This. Why are they not settling there? Why? What? It's not just a matter of being pro hail or anything. What is? What is happening here? And as things went on, and more information came out, when they the big nail in the coffin for me was like when people like not just Jason Stryer, but also individuals at VGC were saying, "No, we've been given um, confidential proof of the pay rates offered," and it was like, "Okay." After that happened, we we're like, and like, then slowly the down. support started coming in. But it was for hell. It was like, okay. So, for me, that was like, a someone, some part of the union talked. They waited to react. They got their shit straight, and then you saw things happen. It was like, okay. And why would um, you do uh, that?
0: And just just to give off uh first impressions, I've seen the day that the uh, the videos came out. I believe it was the twenty sixth. The like two days before the game would actually come out. Uh, I saw all four videos at the moment and it didn't really sit right with me after that first video, everything started to feel a little fishy um, from the second video onward. So already there was not, uh, there wasn't really that much support personally, nor it was like the situation doesn't sound or feel right. Given the quote facts that she was putting out there uh, for whatever, like it didn't feel like it was for a union. It was for her own gain. Yeah. Which, and it's hard to can understand, again, is your
1: worth... Go on. And I was saying, it just sucks to see, it was like, the, all the work that's been going on recently for being pro-union to get people in the industry across the board, whether it be voicing, designing, promoting, anything, of just getting so much work put in to push that, and then have someone, even if for a moment, put in that narrative, like, oh, look at how I'm mistreated, and blame this individual who is part of that movement. I was like, God, that is just... I, I would like to shed light that they were not going after Jenful Hair at first.
0: It was a, after Hideki Kamiya, before we get it twisted, because we didn't really mention him uh, throughout this tirade. Uh, oh, yeah, no, that. Hideki Kamiya is a... Yeah. Uh, how do I put this? Um, this was pathetic. mainly towards Kamiya. Uh. But until uh, the facts came in, and then it became more about Jennifer Hale and their role as Bayonetta. The initial thing about Kamiya, he how he handled this was very pathetic, as you were trying to say.
1: Yeah, very. Like, my my only like big takeaway, a thankful takeaway from this is the fact that he literally finally got slapped in his goddamn face and told, "Hey, go away for a little bit," and had his account like suspended because he was blocking that many people. And yeah. he like, couldn't handle it. Yeah, yeah. He, he part again. He, they
0: for ed, I, for whatever I, credit there was, Helena Taylor was being lowballed, fifteen k yeah. for an iconic role. The the magnitude of Bayonetta. What, like, we, we can argue what, whatever the final yeah. number was. It is over $100 million in payout. We can argue how much actually goes back to the developer, how much that goes into uh, the publisher, how much that goes into uh, the actual manufacturing. That is still millions, millions of dollars. Um, and Helena Taylor, the one thing that they did get right is that they felt like they needed to be paid more, and they should have, in my in my opinion, for a role like Bayonetta, the main character.
1: But how they went how they went by it was very shit <laughs> and and a big thing on like on a final note for that of like another thing is like for i I talk uh Kami, I don't give a shit like I may love his games, but if you're a shit person, you're a shit person um his attitude has always been fucking sad and pathetic, and whatever I don't give a shit if I get blocked on that motherfucker shit from somehow seeing this. Like, fuck you. you He's not going to see this, and got. also and if he did, they're yeah. going to block us, so... Yeah, no, like, I, don't, I don't give a shit. Fuck, fuck you. Like, I, I really don't care. Um, but the fact that... We we covered a story earlier in the year of, like, what Platinum Games... Like, Platinum Games is not raking in money. People forget that. Yeah, they're no. a well-known game. They're a well-known was- design company, but they're a well-known developer, but they're not raking in money. They, they have, they're infamous, but that doesn't mean they're... A, like the most successful, and there's that was another point going to I was try to make.
0: Yeah, the, that they are wholly owned by Nintendo right now, and whatever whatever they had going on, money was not was going to definitely be an issue regardless. Well, so they're not
1: wholly owned by Nintendo. They have the majority. An investment. They're no, no, no. Their majority owned is by Tencent. Ah, oh god, Tencent. even worse. No, uh, Nintendo just holds the Bayonetta franchise because no one else wanted to fund the game. That's another thing to notice. Bayonetta technically didn't have the success to go ahead and survive after the first game. Nintendo came in and had the fun the sequel. And that's how things we've to this point. That's why Nintendo's the one that has three. Because again, not to this is not a comment on the content of Bayonetta. It's a matter of simple monetary value it just, behind it. But yeah. It just it didn't it didn't have it, unfortunately. And like again, though and we have to bear in mind, like, yes. Did Babylon's Fall fail? Was it a bad business decision? I could I would say all that, absolutely. But we, again, we called the we we read the story earlier this year of like, why are they doing that? Because they're trying to stay independent. They're trying to stay as they are. They know they have to go ahead and evolve to be something that is if they're, if they're gonna keep their independence in terms of how they're making things and how they're developing things, they're gonna need to try things that are um regularly financially successful. That's why things like Babylon's Fall happen. And they fail. That is a failed game. Within the first year, before any of the expansions came out, they had to shut down the servers completely. That is a gigantic it's dead. fucking loss. It is
0: dead. Yeah. It was dead on arrival.
1: Yeah, that is a gigantic... That can't be over... That can't be understated, how bad that is for them. So,
0: again... And now this this whole fucking uh, pu- uh, publicity shit show happening right here?
1: Yeah, that will forever be part of their narrative. Like, Fuck. Fuck.
0: Yeah, also other things by Helena Taylor that were uh, also uh, on. Oh yeah, so, you uh, mean, you mean that. like on
1: on release day when she had um hey go donate here and they were uh pro uh pro life and anti trans groups because they were yeah yeah so I, I'm I'm just saying like if Platinum wants to like ask for donations on patching out and putting uh Hale's voice on the old games give me a link just hey, saying. He- Listen, hey
0: uh platinum. You know the where you can put that fifteen K to just give it to Hale to just re voice Bayonetta one and two. Boom. Simple. Same.
1: Make it a hot reason. patch.
0: Make it a hot patch. Re-release the game like you like you did on the Switch. But make it gen for Hale. Just
1: saying. Just saying. Fuck turfs. Anyway, last... <laughs> go on. No, I'm just saying fuck turfs, yeah. <laughs> That's that statement. Yeah. Fuck turfs.
0: <laughs> so la-, la last story on the list
1: and i knew you were want to, you would want to talk about this i, I purposely stayed away from this yeah so the last on the list is going to go ahead and be coming from Cameron Koch at GameSpot Final Fantasy 16 producer addresses games lack of diverse characters uh, Final Fantasy 16's setting is heavily inspired by medieval europe and as such won't be uh won't be, be as diverse as say modern day earth according to one of the games producers the answer and the game's lack of diversity hasn't gone over well with some of the franchise's fans, speaking more than a few heated or sparking more than a few heated conversations on social media. In a new interview with IGN, Final Fantasy 16 producer Naoki Yoshida, Yoshi-P, gave a long answer to a question some fans have been wondering since uh, the game's announcement trailer. Are there any people of color in the world of Final Fantasy 16? The game's trailers to date have depicted a bloody, dark fantasy tale filled with swords and sorcery, but so far have had a distinct lack of non-white characters. These are white fucking people. These are very white fucking people in these trailers. Um, Keyword, medieval Europe. Just saying. Noting that his answer may end up being disappointing to some, you should explain the reasoning behind the game's lack of diversity, according to Yoshida. Uh, uh, oh, according to Yoshida, there is a there is diversity in the game's world of Valacea. Balash- Valacea, thank you. But that is not all encompassing and is synergistically with the setting we've created and is truly the inspirations from which we are drawing. Must be your just answer as the game's lack of diversity is attributed to the team's desire to be true to medieval Europe, inspiration behind Final Fantasy 16's world. Our design concept from the early stages of development has always heavily featured medieval Europe. Incorporating historical, cultural, political, and anthropological standards that were prevalent at the time, Yoshida said. As such, Yoshida said, an overincorporation of diverse characters into this single corner of a large world could end up causing a violation of those narrative boundaries originally set for ourselves. The stories we are telling in Final Fantasy—oh, the story we are telling is fantasy, yes, but also rooted in reality, Yoshida said. The team didn't want to assign distinctive ethnicities to either the antagonist or the protagonist of Final Fantasy XVI to avoid inventing unwanted speculation and, un- and ultimately stroking or stroking flames of controversy. Yoshida said that the team wants to focus on the focus to be less on the outward appearance of our characters and more on who they are as people—people people who are complex, diverse, and their natures, backgrounds, beliefs, personalities, and motivations. Now that is all said. Um. Again, I love Yoshi P as a designer. Uh, I think for the most part he is well intentioned, and so is the team. Uh, here's the thing about this. All that said, to avoid controversy, and now we're fucking here. Again, keyword being medieval Europe. Here's the thing about that: Black people regularly existed in medieval Europe. Their erasure from medieval Europe and other histories of that nature, mostly people of color. Is whitewashing of the histories themselves, and this—I and think—I think the big thing, thing about—I have, I have to mention this—is the fact that this is not the first time that Yoshi's production teams have been called out on this. There have been serious stories, even within Final Fantasy 14, of one of the key characters in their uh, Yostola, who was originally first uh, in the game as a much darker-skinned individual character on there, but as the games have gone on, have been has been lightened to be much more uh, light-skinned and when addressing this it was again another excuse of like oh well, they haven't been in the sun very much they can keep making I, excuses
0: um it, it, a lot of this is i'm not trying to defend anyone i'm just saying that uh japan is very racist as fuck whether you yeah. believe it or not um and that goes with people of color um just look an anime for a lot especially anime back in yeah. the uh 2000s and the 90s if you see a black person it was the very very racially uh, characterized uh, version of a black person: the red lips, the big nose. Uh, look at Usopp. Look at Mister Popo. Look mm-hmm. at uh, Mister Black from um, in in Dragon in the original Dragon Ball. Uh, th- that Japan's racist nature is is lightening up, but it does not take away from the fact that they are they still have those roots in there, and that's kind of just what they do even in games like Yakuza where you don't even see people uh, of color, like the only person of color is the guy, Gary Buster Holmes, as well as um, just a very tanned uh, Ichiban Kasuga. But aside from that, there is just not a lot of um, people of color in those games. Um, again, I keep saying the keywords medieval fantasy. The fantasy aspect is what they're trying to cling on, which is their other big excuse. Um, yeah. Cause even in games like in D and D, Uh, where, unless you, the the player, the player, make a person of color, um, a lot of the books uh, don't really have that many people of color, because they kind of uh, change that to orcs, goblins, or shit like that, which I'm hoping that's not their excuse, saying, oh, no, there's orcs, there's goblins. No. um, but if there is a situation where it's like, okay, you're mostly in this continent or this land, but there are people of color in different lands you just haven't got to, that's something different. Again, um, it's something that I will say that uh, Yoshi P is, is known for keeping games close to the chest and not putting things out there for us to see until we are
1: very close for the game's release. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. I think I will add into there. And also, like, Yoshi P, and this is a big thing. I'm going to make a further comment on this in a moment. Of the fact that Yoshi-P, uh, much as I love his game, love his work, I still believe in him as being well-intentioned. His perspective is very traditional Japanese perspective, which is in and of xenophobic. itself very xenophobic. Um, and I think I want to call out here, when this story first broke out uh, you know, back on the 4th of November... I was in, in one of my 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 14 Discord where we want to, you know, be aware of, like, we love Yoshi P, but also we want to be aware of, like, m- making note of this. We want to be critiques on this. And one of the big things I said on here that I want to repeat out here uh, is this kind of a quote from what I was discussing with some friends. I wouldn't call it not an excuse, but more a very tired mentality of not realizing how diverse the placement of people of color is just naturally within history. The reasoning basically boiled down to, in a quote, uh, a made-up quote, this is just one fantasized continent country that has no historical large-scale expansion globally due to limited technology and a chosen policy of isolationism, which is why their shit is getting rocked. Uh, not a real quote. Uh, this is very much historically... This is very much... Sorry, excuse me. <clears throat> it's very much a historically isolated country. Japan made a story about a historically isolated country, so this perspective works for them. And that's the big thing on there. The reason they think this is okay is because Japan itself is extremely isolationist, is extremely xenophobic, and they're dealing with outsiders very often. And the final piece on there is, like, granted, this is absolutely ignoring Japan's own historical atrocities to their own much lesser-known but very real indigenous people, much like Australia. Uh, and like to note on there, the original native Japanese do not look like what we know today. By a lot. It's very much... Another friend of mine mentioned, like, this is a big thing of... Does Japan want to recognize the... uh, I I might say this wrong. The Ainu. A thing that people don't realize is... Again, a big thing. I I won't preach on it too much because that would be a much larger history lesson on there. Japan is an island nation. Island nations? Natively? Especially where they are on the Earth? You'll notice... Hey, you know what's an island nation, Hawaii. What do the natives look like on that? Like, uh, is that an actual question, or are you being rhetorical? No, that's an actual question. I want people to think okay. about that. Like island nations, historically, Australia, Hawaii, they're actual natives, they're actual indigenous people. How do they look? Uh, and now you tell me, does that make sense with Japan?
0: Well, Australia was also a prison continent where people kind of just shipped okay. to. Yeah. Sorry, not to, not to anti your thing, but...
1: Like, no, no, like, I, I, no I, I get what yeah. you're saying. But it's like, again, um, the the sad thing about why I'm trying to treat it as is like I don't want to sp- turn it to just hate on there. Another thing on there I'm reading from my discussion is like, this is absolutely a critique that should be pushed, but also very much a game of how much of a saint do you want to claim to be while still regularly and taking current-day Japanese media propaganda? Because even in anime, you know... In the West, many people say, "Oh no, it's fine to go ahead and whitewash Japanese characters in anime because they all look white anyway." When that's a matter of perspective. But even within that context of, "Oh no, Japanese media, Japanese media of the light-skinned, n- natural like what we know as, you know, typical Japanese individual," there's a whole other history in there as well. Like we're not folks, get into because that's yeah. for
0: that's for another time.
1: Yeah. And. Like, no one's hands are clean on here, and it's, it's a big thing. So, like, I my perspective on this has always been, as someone who also does the anime podcast, why this is such a, a thing I want more critical thought on rather than this blame-placing, is the fact of so many individuals who are fans of Japanese culture, Japanese media, will always take on the stance of, oh, well, it's in the culture, you can't change that, you have to just, like, let it go. It's like, no, I believe in no, a world that can be changed. I believe in a world that we're reaching right now where so much more media is being spread globally, so much more communication is globally, there is a world we can address that. There is a world where we do the right thing about Watanabe, the creator behind Rona Kenshin, actually being in fucking jail like he goddamn deserves to be. Yes. 100% like, yes. There is a way to change these things, but it's going to be new conversations. I love Yoshi P. I do believe it's well-intentioned, but the sad fact is, this is him fucking up again. Over a subject he regularly fucks up over. And I need him to learn the fucking lesson. I need again, Enix. Um not right. not not to be the quote unquote that guy,
0: but again, we we've only have gotten what, two trailers yeah. from Final Fantasy 16. There is still what I'm assuming is going to be a very long game with a whole lot more world to discover. And again, Yoshi P being uh, a person that has a lot of his cards close to his chest, we could very much well see some change to happen, yeah. or we might see people of color within the game. It's a low chance, but there is still some chance to see that. I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just saying we no. should really like jump it, into it I, because
1: I do, I do recommend everyone reads the full quote from the original IGN article. He does go into more details about it. Again, I don't like calling it not an excuse, but the, he does go into more details in terms of like it makes sense. He's trying a, a, to put. He's it makes sense why they have that perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense why they have that perspective. Because, again, it's a very Japanese perspective on there. I still feel it needs to be changed.
0: He's, but yeah, he's an old head. He's a nationalist as well as he is someone that is still stuck with their own mentality of media. Whereas in today's day and age, that is very difficult. You could, you could, you can derive any sort of media you can, you can derive any sort of inspiration whether it be from medieval fantasy or whatever the fact of the matter is um you we can no longer be in a society be in a community or um, industry that's what i'm thinking of to where you can just do all of that and not have someone be like wait a minute you're missing so like we talked about with your game earlier
1: yeah like plain and simple like it's yeah it's a it's a reoccurring thing it's time it gets addressed like it it can't just be a matter of like, oh, well, it's a different culture, like no, 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 no culture is free of this whitewashing bullshit, like it doesn't matter if they're not actual white individuals the this is more this is so much more of a higher concept of just the disrespect and the erasure of indigenous people as a whole. These are things we must talk about, we must call out, we must continue to critique there is also. The
0: argument, and it just came to my head. I do not believe this, but the question that came up to my head is: um, this is a fantasy world where those sorts of um, those sorts of nationalities do not really exist, which I feel like is an excuse that they could also very, they very much make. Not that, again, I've not seen any of these quotes. I'm just think this is just a random thought that just popped into my head. That's, that's
1: the thing, though. Like, so you, that very point itself is like that is a perspective that a nation with the history similar to japan could absolutely buy into and think of like oh no that makes sense right because that's i mean that's kind of our thing like and that and that's kind of the problem right there Of like why again this is not about spreading hate this is not about me being angry yoshi p this is not about me trying to spreading awareness first, a boycott of the game or anything of that nature by any means but oh please but of, no we have to have a bayonet in. and a three we, for final yeah. fantasy 16 yeah. we have to know we have to make these critiques we have to say we have to keep you pushing to... it it has to be known we need to make it aware. Is, yeah. is
0: basically what we're um, again, time will tell. Uh, Because that game is supposed to be coming out, what, 2023, 2024? Uh, no, 2023, this summer. This coming summer. This summer? Mm-hmm. Then there is a chance that we will get one more exclusive trailer. And hopefully that will actually... Th- this conversation will kind of spark something. And not just a conversation between us. I mean, co- the conversation that people brought this up... That bringing up this issue up will probably have some changes further down the line. I highly doubt it, but it'll hopefully get them thinking, like, maybe we could stand to change certain things here and there. It's not going to change like, if you don't call it out. It's not going to change if you don't call yeah, it out. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, Not to mention, it, Final Fantasy 16, Final Fantasy 14, man, Yoshi-P, you really gotta really
1: need to make some changes on your
0: life, bro. Yeah, like,
1: it's time for the, it's time for the perspective to change. Like, is this 100% ah. the fantasy European uh, black and brown people don't exist? It's not true. Like plain and simple, it's not true. Like I understand why certain cultures believe it to be true because of their nation's history. Uh their nation's history is actually a lie, and no, they existed. They just fucking killed them probably. Sorry, folks. I got a little hard to not spit with her, but uh, medieval times are very fucking weird. Yeah. Oh, it's just this history itself is not kind to, you know, not white. Yeah. Not white skinned. So yeah, it's 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 a sad thing to see. But again, the reason for this comes, the reason for this article, the reason I want to talk about it so much is the fact even though it is a game designer who I do, I do care for. I love their work. I love what they do because I get so much joy from the games. But yeah, no, I need I need him and so many others to admit to the need for a change perspective. I need to see this growth. I need to see that these this growth, this change, that is how new ide- ideas get made. This is how new things happen. That's how we get new concepts that no one would have thought of. Take like a look at Assassin's
0: Creed. They're all historical pieces. Yeah, we have people of of varying colors and sizes in, in those games, especially even Odyssey, which mm-hmm. was primarily Greek. You still have people uh like Egyptian descent, other people uh within the, those games still heavily uh used there is no excuse that they should be using that goes against that it's just that how they how they think it's a it's a mind process that they need to change especially in this uh in especially in the industry today where people will pick that out will fine tune it and will <laughs> probably cancel you if you don't
1: yeah like it is a serious thing I don't want to see OCP go anywhere. I love his games, but again, I believe it's about attention. But I need, I, I need it to change. I need it to change. I need to stop hearing these abuses from him and everyone else in design and power, uh, position.
0: More in the subject, hey motherfuckers that make game, that make uh, character customization, do better. Uh, people of color shadings, people homies. Yes, please. Black people aren't jet black, my guy. We're not also incredibly glossy, my dudes. For
1: fuck's sake, Google better ethnic hair. Not just an afro, and no, not just black people. Just ethnic individuals as a whole. Google their hair and learn how to do a reference to get their hair right. Like, do I normally extra RAM power for the hair? Do I default to spiky hair anime bullshit from my character creators? Yes. I still want to see the actual hair types in there. Like, I know you didn't do it, just just because I'm a fucking oh. weeb doesn't mean that you shouldn't be
0: doing this shit. Okay, just, just add some more options for actual ethnic accuracy.
1: Do you Though better if you do than the Afro. Buzz cut please make in... it
0: a f- giant fuck all Afro. I want my Boba Bowl style Afro. Thank you very much. Right.
1: I. I anyway, however. A small note, a positive note. Uh, big ups to Square Enix as well, though, and the news release for Stella having a legitimate non-binary uh, gender option, gender-identifying option. It literally states, male, female, non-binary. Big ups to them. So once again, it's not about being angry; it's about pushing the critique to improve the narrative and see positive change. As I just noticed, this is the same company, Square Enix. It isn't just a matter of the fumbling of Yoshi P. It is a matter of celebrating the successes such as Harvestella having an official non-binary option.
0: And with that, folks, that is the end of this episode, mainly because I have a stream in like 10
1: minutes and under 10 minutes. I got to get to I, I I, 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 I want to play Sonic. So that's a thing to you. <laughs> All right, folks. Yeah. Uh, so,
0: P, uh, do, do your thing. Do your shills.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. We'll be back tomorrow night with the return of uh, WeeBoo Trash Talk. Me, myself, Gallant, and Mingo coming back and covering all the new Weebie news and stuff we've been watching on there as well. Please join us on Thursday night. It's going to be a later episode for me and Minus to come back because I will be seeing Wakanda Forever on Thursday. So uh, I will be Wakanda back. Wakanda Forever! Extremely hyped. yes. Um, and then you will probably, I don't know, folks, like the way we're going on there. Uh, new details, new promotions, new clips on there. Keep an eye on TikToks, the YouTube reels, uh, Twitters, all of that. Uh, and I'm going to be playing a lot more games now that we've caught up. So hopefully you're going to see a lot more just new and fun things out here. So we're good to be back. And we'll see you all next time. Later. Hey, hey wait, hold on. What the fuck, bro? What the fuck? It's been two and a half months. I caught myself. Yeah,
0: goddamn! I said you could shell, but I mean give give me a little piece of the fucking shell pie. Goddamn! I got some shit to promote too. What
1: the fuck? I I, I stopped over to stop recording. We're still streaming. We're still we're still streaming. We're still recording. Yeah, Go yeah, on! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Hey, hey, fellas, fellas! If
0: you want a little after party, hey, come over to twitchtv death where I will be playing God of War Ragnarok immediately when it hits midnight. It will also be an ASMR stream. So if you like hearing my voice but up close to the mic and person up close to the, uh, personal with the mic. Come, uh, come through. Also, you can follow us on Twitter and YouTube at VG Weeb Weekly because I have to make sure that we say that bit again because
1: that's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. At VG Weeb Weekly, branding folks, folks, follow the account, spread the word. Twitter might be going away soon, so please, if you love us, if you really enjoy the content, look up the names, do the follow, the review, the sharing. You. You will never understand how far it really does go. It does make it does matter that you put an extra effort, and we thank you for it because it, it makes all the difference to the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, are we good? Are we set? Can we local play get, our yeah. games now? Okay, <laughs> we're good. Let's go, Later, Let's folks. Get Bye. out of here.
0: I gotta stream to prep. Goddamn it.